2: My name is Andrew Counsel. I view the world through the lens of a generational camera phone. I wake up as a black male and go to bed as a black male. I am surviving this never ending court case we commonly call life in the best way I know how.
0: So welcome back to UN5O. Really appreciate those of you who are just joining us for the first time. Um, we are recording out of the Bull City, Durham, North Carolina. Uh and we UN5O for those of you that may not know is a business that I go around and I teach people how to get home safely, how to do how to safely interact with law enforcement. It primarily is for black and brown folks, but the information is good for anybody that um, doesn't understand or how to exercise their rights when they interact with law enforcement. It it was birthed in 2015 and the primary goal of this is I just need everybody to include black and brown bodies to to get home safely um so my co-host uh for this is uh that have been with me for about a year now is Harmony Chavis do you have anything that you want to say Harmony
1: nope and I was hoping you would just like skip right over that okay 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 (laughs) well
0: thank you thank you for mumbling through I appreciate that
1: (laughs) My
0: pleasure. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. So, and then Andrew Council. um, So, anything you want to say, Andrew?
2: Nothing specific. Just glad to be here. Good to see y'all.
0: Everybody just seems like you're dragging today, man. You're making me like I I feel like I'm a job now,
1: BJ. It's what. We work real jobs. We're not retired, so like we have to get off work and then come here. So like, excuse us for not being as peppy as you are at seven p.m. The rest of us (laughs) been working all day. Okay.
0: Yeah, but I also know you don't work real hard. So long even.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Because I know you. (laughs) I actually worked very hard today, and I said today. Today. I was like, they actually want me to work now. I think it's time for me to like get on LinkedIn. This is too much. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys hanging in here with me. So we have today our guest um, who has a podcast, Boss Locks and Walter Gaynor second. He's also said he's also known as Walt or Walter. He gave me permission to call him either one. So we'll probably flip back and forth on either one of those. Um, so I welcome Walter to you and Fiverr.
3: Yeah, thank you. I'm really glad to be here. This is like uh, actually the first time I've done it anything podcast wise since like April or May or something. So it's kind of cool. Y'all like my jumping back in point. So
0: oh wow, really? Yeah. yeah. yeah so y'all
3: get all the rest. My bad, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah I met Walter on a um, virtual on a webinar for podcast persons, and um, I think that was was it last year, Walter? Yeah,
3: that was uh like yeah. November ish. Yeah, Before November. Yeah, I
0: think so. And it was um, uh, it's the it's Pod Town is the name of the the young yeah. man that, and we were doing a webinar, and he kind of liked what I was doing, and he and, he and I uh, connected. But he's been doing, you've been doing podcasting longer than I. When did you start?
3: Uh, I started started in uh, twenty seventeen, Um, but didn't really actually publish anything till twenty twenty. Um, but in between those times, I was definitely doing a lot of interviews, helping other people with their shows, kind of just crafting the idea, getting them to the launch point. And yeah, just really going hard on the back end. And then the pandemic actually kind of pushed me into launching and Fine. also accidentally publishing too soon. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, it's out there. So now it's like ready to go. But um, yeah, since then, been an f- actually published podcaster and now a like professional, podcast producer so yeah i'm all all about what? this podcast life
0: nice and what he i'm gonna let him talk about it but i think I, I when i met him he i found it interesting i listened to some of his podcasts and basically you you're dealing with or i think as far as my old perspective he's talking about black folks in their locks and their right. hair and showing up at work authentically as black and with all our stuff on our crown. And I kind of want you to talk about why that was a message you felt like you needed to, why was that a platform? What, 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 what about locks and our coming to work and being in any space that we're in that our crown is important that we need to show up like that? Why was that a message that you felt like you had to, had to do?
3: Yeah. Um, it's actually funny cuz I didn't feel like I had to do it. It was kind of like an accident and people kind of peer pressured me. But um oh wow. Yeah, when I was in college getting ready to graduate, so 2016. And um about that time. So I had like probably been like 10 years in my luck. No, like 5 years in my luck journey and um around that time, you know, people Kind of went from like praising my hair to really starting to be like, OK, now it's time to graduate. So to get into that workforce. You got to look the part. You're going to have to cut the locks. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't do that. But I also knew like um, at that same year, there was this huge court case. And I won't bore you with the details, but basically this lady was offered a position at a job. The only thing holding her back was that she had had to cut her locks, but she was like, no. So she took it all the way to the courts, went through multiple rounds, and eventually the judge ruled that basically the company was in their right to um, basically reject um, her as a candidate because of her hair. Did you Um, say – what?
0: they, the company was in there, right?
3: Yeah. They were legally allowed to be like, no, we're not hiring you. Unless wow. you cut your locks. So um, wow. that was in the back of my mind. And also I didn't really know that many people who had locks and were doing their thing at work. Um, I right. only knew three people. So this all started because I went to those three people to ask them questions. Basically, how did you do it? How can I do it? What What do you, kind of advice do you give? Like, cause my, my first, um i did just go to google like everyone else just google top 10 interview tips get prepared and all that stuff but i couldn't really find anything for people for black people but then also yeah black people with luck so um yeah i was trying to ask people how they did it and then eventually i was really pushed to start recording these and do something with it so um yeah
0: wow so I think we will listen and we're going to have the link for the, the uh, your podcast called I See Color. I think it's about mm. 20 minutes and that I, 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 I sent that to my co-host to, to, to kind of get a feel for who you are and, and what you're standing for. Um, the thing that stood out for me for that was that you couldn't name a black CEO that had locks.
3: That's right. That's right. I was um, super heavy into Shark Tank back then. Still love that show. <laughs> but um, basically that's a show where people, these entrepreneurs go to these judges to mm-hmm. try to get a huge investment. And they did have a black person on there, Damon John, you know, founder of FUBU. But um, um, that, that always stood out to me and I'll probably never forget it because one of my friends who was talking to me about cutting my locks. He was like, all right, so I know you're trying to be like big time CEO and all that stuff. Name one black person who's well-known CEO running the business who has locks and didn't start off from entertainment. Cause I first was going to start naming some people, you know, athletes, rappers, all these different people. Right. And he's like, didn't start off in entertainment. I was like, Oh, hold up. <laughs> I don't know about that. So um, yeah, but that was like a huge lesson because uh, um, it's, it's super unfortunate that we have to rely on the entertainers to be our everything, our role models, all these things. Right. When in reality, they're just doing what they love to do on stage you know, they're not necessarily trying to be leaders, lead the way, like show you this is example to be here and there. So, um, yeah, after that, I was like, OK, you know what? I might know anybody, but they're out there. I know they're out there. Yeah. So I started looking them up and I was like, oh, no, I, I can't find anyone. Wow. Nobody at all. So, wow. um, yeah, that was kind of one of the early missions of it before I even thought podcast. Really, I was like, OK, yeah, yeah I'm just going to highlight people with locks and high places just to show them some love and also show that um, just show them as an example for the next wave coming up.
0: So you, you, I know you were doing a lot when i looked, listened to this early on when I was just trying to get to know what you were doing, you were talking to, to people who had locks, but they were doing different kinds of entrepreneurship. I mean, so, so that was a way of you saying they're showing up authentically uh, in their business to do, but, and they have their locks. Is that, I think that, that, like you said, you're giving them their moment to say it's okay to do, yeah. to, to do that. And, and I thought, I think that's extremely probable, especially with the uh, the crown act that's going on currently. Um, and I know you said that, you know, athletes are doing what they're supposed to do, but we recently about the Olympics, right. Mm. How they got all jammed up about the bathing cap for, female swimmers, they couldn't wear this bathing cap that would have supported their locks. I mean, it just, it just kind of went like, really, y'all? I mean, it's it's a
3: whole mess. Yeah. It's
0: it's not going to make them go any faster. So (laughs) why not let them put this cap on that's going to accommodate their hair? How did you, I mean, what were you thinking about when you saw, did you, you, I'm sure you saw that. What did you think about that?
3: This is so crazy. So like I, didn't even like invest that much time into it there are so many things going on with this olympics i it's just like yo is it was it <laughs> yeah, always oh, like yeah. this was it like always like i only remember being like go usa we're killing it everywhere but like i didn't know about everything else that was going on so like now when i saw that and then also like them trying to change the rules in gymnastics to make it more fair to everyone else like this was it's it's like they they just continue to get it wrong each time and it kind of sucks that people who are there to you know perform and compete have to also teach and defend and support the other people out there and do everything that's distracting from actually showing up to you know help the U.S. get gold or help the other countries you know win um it's like it's like we're having to do everybody's job or also not allowed to do the job at the same time it's 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 really interesting and people i think when you think about things like hair all the time so that's kind of some of the things i'm trying to help people understand like yeah it may seem small but something so small has like a really huge impact like we see in examples of sports and a lot of people probably like ah, suck it up it's not a big deal but Mm -hmm. it's like when you start to have negative associations with your own hair that could like trickle into a whole bunch of things You start having negative perceptions about who you are how you look how you show up and then you know it it might not affect everybody for a lot of but for a lot of people you know it'll kind of lead to a whole bunch of different um just self-hate just not appreciating that you know you just are great as you are right um but and then it's not even just a, like a an internal thing. It can really affect everything else. Like just that one decision can affect, you know, let's say they have kids, you know, they don't necessarily love themselves. So the kids are probably going to start feeling some type of way about themselves as well. Just not appreciating who they are without having to change themselves. Like it's, it, it's a real whole trickle effect and just leads to continued generational trauma. Yeah, I, I think-
0: you know, I want to kind of touch back, get kind of put it on law enforcement, just a tad and not a lot of, you know the yeah. see uh black folks or law enforcement sometimes they're judged simply based on he got dreads, you know, and he looks like you know the hair she has this this stuff going on, and and there's this for some folks, it's just automatic well they're going to be bad person or something like that, and it's just simply based on their hair you know, and, 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 where they are in that space. And, and so it's just like, I just, for law enforcement is sometimes I just, we got to stop. We just got to meet people where they are, no matter what, what it is they come to the space with. Um, and having that conversation, like we just talked with, with a previous person and, and we just need to be in that space with everybody no matter what they come to the table with and, and, and how they come to, I know that when I was uh, in high school and when I, when I got all my, I had a, what a, Angela Davis hair, I had a big Afro, uh, but I ended up cutting it off because it wasn't, it wasn't who I was. It was just too much hair. Like Harmony has a lot of, she has hair. She has the nice length of hair. But for me and being a gay woman, I was like, I ain't really going to be sitting in front of no mirror. You know, and then it was, it was it wasn't it didn't represent who I was. Short hair represents me. That's how I want to be seen in the world. Um, so yeah, this whole thing about the crown, you know, your crown, how people view you simply because of, you haven't even opened your mouth, <laughs> and they're judging you based on what your head looked like. Right. You know, and and then you, like you said, I just I'm, you know, telling somebody that they cannot hire someone based on their hair is just, that's just a lot. You guys got any comments for, for, uh, Walter?
2: I had a few more questions. I go yeah. Walter, you have locks, correct? Yeah. I've still actually, I might as well show them, you know, talk
3: about okay. hair. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
3: yeah. And I guess I lied when I said five years in 2016, I started them 2007. So right, yeah only do How long? 2007 you
1: and you, you thought you started it in 2016.
3: No, no, I was saying in 2016, I was like, oh, yeah, I had them for five years, but, yeah, that math was all wrong. <laughs> to school for math, yeah. Uh, okay. how long has it been, 14 years? Yeah. Thir- 13. 13. We're
1: all bad at math. I love it. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm are counting on my fingers. Ooh,
0: but, uh, go ahead, Andrew. What were you getting ready to say?
2: Yeah, I have, like, a lot of questions or, like, a lot of statements. I think a lot of things you said were very poignant and powerful. The first thing I, I thought about – um. Pertaining to your podcast specifically, I know my friends and I talk about, a lot about the differences between the word dreads and the word locks. Do you know, I guess, like the the definition of both or why why they're connotated differently?
3: Yeah, you'll um, you'll get a lot of different answers from different people, so it's always a good question to ask. Um, I remember my grandfather actually; he once told me that dreadlocks was a name given to us by white people because they were kind of afraid you know when they saw they were like struck fear and um, that's where it came from
0: wow um
3: you know it's interesting too because a lot of people like don't ever call them dreadlocks but i'm not as harsh on that i refer to them as lux um mostly it just kind of grew on me. Like when I started this all day, I called them dreadlocks, like everything dreadlocks, dreadlocks, dreadlocks grew up like that as well, because that's like the first way it's introduced to me, not even from white people, from black people. It's a whole community thing. So
1: yeah,
3: um, the meaning behind each of the word will differ depending on who you speak to. Like there's people who've had them for like years and years, will still call them dreadlocks. But I think the most important part is that the way you kind of perceive them yourselves um, as far as the meaning, I couldn't really go too deep on that, but it's it's really just, it kind of goes beyond the word and how the word kind of sits with you. So for me, initially, dreadlocks, like, I actually kind of liked it. I was like, yeah, okay, it strikes fear on you. Okay, you know what? Be a little afraid. Just don't, like, don't tread <laughs> on me. Like, just move out my way. It was for the most part. But I think, like, I'm kind of, like, moving away from that kind of mindset because um, I, I don't really need people to be afraid of me like i just need you to start respecting me so right then kind of started adopting the term locks instead but yeah but i still kind of honor it like boss locks i spell it l-o-c-k-s keep the k in there like to Mm -hmm. have a stand for knowledge itself but um yeah
2: that's good thank you for answering that i think that um brings like my next question to my next point i think like i know people who are in my generation and we battle now just thinking about like wearing our natural hair or wearing our the things that are cultural to the parts of our identity to work or to other spaces that are would be i guess it would be seen to be i guess quote unquote too much by certain other um certain other identities for example like like my aunt was speaking about her afro issue if, if today she walked in to work with the same afro that she had in high school i know she would get a lot of looks uh, i don't know if you you haven't seen pictures of her. She, it was really big she she's <laughs> well if you got here. pictures i might need to see them <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: we want to see that, BJ. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ew, she probably won't show it to you, but I mean- Yeah, I mean, you
1: should take a picture of it next time you're home,
2: and I, I got you. But um, it, <laughs> it, was, it was really big. Um, and I think about, like, um, just different aspects of, like, cultural, the culture part of our, of the hair part of, of our culture. Um, I guess, like, how would you encourage people of my generation or any generation just in general to not be afraid to show that part of themselves in work or in other spaces that it's usually deviated or usually um, not encouraged?
3: That's a good question. That's a really good one. You know, fear, fear does something is really interesting, like that, you know, we go walk into a space and be afraid of like, okay, you know, my hair might be too much for them to not not understand it. And they're gonna have a problem with me, not gonna be able to, might get kicked out of class, kicked out of job, might not get hired, all these things. So to be honest with you, the first thing I'd say is like all these things that you're afraid of, it's can happen. It happens every day a lot of people That's part of why this whole crown act is such a huge thing because like, we don't even know like the ripple effects from passing that law. But what I would say is that people out here are doing it. They have their natural hair, you know, they have it dyed, they have it long, you know, braided, um, you know, with like everything people have all these different hairstyles and they have experienced success as well. Um, so all of this is possible like i I live in Atlanta, and I can't tell you that really changed my whole perspective on everything. You see black people from the bottom to the top with all sorts of different hairstyles and not just existing there but really like influencing the whole ecosystem so you know when people people say it's not possible, that's like absolutely not true, so that's the first thing I'd say, but also, I would actually kind of challenge everyone to start learning a little bit more about. Uh, um, kind of the history and the culture behind hairstyles you know we always look at it's like okay that's a cool thing but a lot of these hairstyles they date back to like way back in ancient african times like there are some queens who would have like these elaborate hairstyles and each hairstyle meant something different so there's a lot of beauty and kind of like little power to everything as well and i think the last thing i'd say is like when you walk in you got a hairstyle that looks like no one else. Like I, I know it feels good when you get it when you first step out. You know you're looking at yourself like, oh, they did a good job with it. I look good. But <laughs> I think I think everyone needs to kind of remember that little confidence as well because when you do step into these spaces where you know, people are kind of looking at you and judging you, you really need to continue to remember like that feeling. So because once you feel like that power, that confidence within you, other people are going to notice that confidence as well. So yeah, they might be afraid of you, they might fear you, and all these things, but they're going to step to you a little bit different. I think um, someone I interviewed once told me, because I was asking, I always ask my guests like, okay, how do you navigate professionalism and have natural hair at the same time? And she was like, you know, I just walk into strong, you know, strong and confident, mm-hmm. and they don't say anything to me, like mm-hmm. nothing at all.
0: Right. So
3: wow. all these things can happen, but I would say mm-hmm. if it's something that really matters to you, it's important to you, I said, just go ahead and explore it. Worst case scenario, you might have to just like <laughs> take a different route, you might have to pick a different environment. But I think it's better to be more proud of yourself and know that you did things the way you want to do them. Like me personally, there's times in history I wish that I was kind of stepping with a little bit more confidence and everything because I think things would have you know gone a little bit differently. But um, you know, here I am now with all the wisdom for all the people I've interviewed mm-hmm. and all that stuff and ready to go. Thank
0: you. I like, I like what you just said till I'm writing it down. It's like, walk in strong, you know, Got just, to. You know just go ahead and, and wear it and walk and, and walk in strong. Uh, You're, I think I've already mentioned in your uh, episode 30, where you said, I see color. I think I want to talk a little bit about that. Cause it's, it, I mean, it's a, I don't know. I really, I really like that one. Yeah. Can uh, I
3: say one, one less thing? Yeah, I don't ahead. mean to interrupt, no, but no, no, no. No, also no. Um, another thing is like with hair, if people have a problem with their hair, like they might have a problem with you, regardless if you have a natural hairstyle or a, you know, eccentric hairstyle or not. So, if people are going to have a problem with you, they're just going to have a problem with you. And that's, yeah, that goes deeper. They may use hair as an excuse, but in all reality, it's probably some internal racism or like uh, unconscious bias they've got going on. That's a lot harder to navigate.
0: Yeah, several more layers and that. And actually, that's, I'm glad you interrupt because that's what I was going to kind of talk about, because you, you talked about on that particular one. And we'll have the link uh, on our for, for that episode. But you were saying about you were struggling during that uh, about talking about well, the, the, the white female wanted to figure out how can she be in that space? And you were saying that you were trying. I don't want to give it all away, but just and I kind of struggling with if you could have the conversation with white folks. Right? Was I interpreting that? Is that how? Has that how?
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't enjoy it even. Yeah, about
0: you. You were like trying to figure out how do I have this convers? How do I have this race conversation with white folks? And that resonated with me because I'm trying to figure out how do I have this conversation about you and five zero with Popo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know how? How am I going to walk in a room, especially with white white police officers, to talk to them about black folks and how they feel about you? That's that's just. Different. Yeah, and so tough, yeah. Tough, uh... So so kind of tell me, because you've got, you know, you talk about your village and everything. So how have you kind of processed, even though it's difficult for you, how are you saying, you know, I'm I i got to have I gotta be in this space because white people, our allies, wanna, you know, they they don't have this lived experience. So how have you come to be able to go, yeah, I can do this. Well, you can do this. I'm gonna walk in strong, I'm gonna do this. So how have you kind of processed that?
3: Yeah um i think probably a couple ways one i personally i don't like to go out of my way to change people's minds so i personally am like ready to kind of walk away or just excuse myself from a conversation if i don't really feel (laughs) like if i feel like it's like a little too taxing i'm like okay interesting i'm just gonna you know fade my way out right but also uh, the way i approach boss locks and really everything in life is kind of through perspectives like I. When I first started it out, the main goal is to redefine professionalism because there's this real negative perception that kind of favored uh, white people, Eurocentric people, right. or black people. Mm. And so the whole goal is to prove it, give visuals and everything, because mm. you can't really ignore visuals. You may tr- choose to publicly ignore it, but that perception is going to be stuck in your head. Mm. So I personally always like to approach things with perspective. Um I think, like, in that example about people um, wanting to be a part of the whole Black movement and everything, uh, like uh, that person in particular, she was asking about how to get involved and do more. Um, I just it's just really important that people truly understand, kind of remove themselves from it. So it's kind of like this interesting dance. Like you got to engage them and be like, okay, yeah. Do you, do you understand like kind of get them to really show their perspective so you can see where they're coming from yeah. and you just kind of start to poke holes in it. And then when you have that whole poke, you kind of slide your own perspective in there. Like, oh, Okay. What about <laughs> this way? Have you, have you thought about it like this right. and not even asking those questions, but really just showing like people's stories and everything. Cause mm-hmm. those are things that, you know, people don't forget, so I try to kind of display this perspective that kind of sticks to your mind. And like, you may be able to leave, and you might not, you know, have your mind change right then and there. But maybe like a week from now, you're still thinking about it. Right, right. So, I don't like um, forcing my way in, but um, yeah. me personally, I kind of admire other people who do like go hard on it. Like, yo, that's that's dope. But me personally, all about long game perspective changing type of action.
0: So but I think what I heard you say was uh, it's it, the perspective, pushing the letting people know another perspective, but also I think you may have said it earlier, just talking about stories,
3: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that
0: we hear each other's stories and when we're in that space. We're going to be hearing each other, just providing those stories and those lived experiences. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yeah, exactly that. I think um, a lot of like what we've seen in the past year of people starting to finally kind of get it or a click Mm -hmm. in a lot of people's heads is that they got to see the visuals of what people experience so it's really in a way it's like unfortunate but their stories are kind of being told like their experiences with police or their experiences kind of experiencing racism and discrimination like you you can't ignore it's right in front of you yeah and at that point when you have the information it's like okay Let's say if I'm a white person kind of being shown all this stuff, you know, I have to make a choice. Like one, do I acknowledge, like consciously acknowledge that okay, yes, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't experience it in my own life, but okay, yeah. I see it. So it must be true for them. Right. I don't know why they're experiencing this when I'm experiencing this. That's a problem. Right. That's what like a you know, a person who's open to change and wants to actually do something about it. That's so how they process it. So um yeah, kind of just starts with the story and then from there something that someone can relate to even if they will not relate to but understand. Exactly.
0: So tell sense. me a little bit more about cuz you do a lot of you post on your Facebook but you you really try to push the conversations for black entrepreneurs. You know, you 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 kind of help. I don't I mean I I post some some stuff sometimes out there with you and I don't do it often but I pay attention to what you post. You really are trying to to help black entrepreneurs just have a space to be able to be black entrepreneurs. And so what, what, what is, what is it? That's a running theme for, are you seeing some, so what am I looking for? Some same issues or what is it that they're finding that, they're struggling with to be authentic in their business or they're having a uh, difficulty because they're black entrepreneurs. I mean, what, what is it that you're a, that you have the work that you're doing, trying to bring this, this world together for black entrepreneurs, what are you finding that is a running theme? That's an issue that they struggle with or we struggle with. Actually, Yeah. Like that? yeah.
3: Um, I like that. We, you know, cause it's all, <laughs> we're all in this together. Even if like, like me personally, even if I'm like at this stage, I could still, you know, it's important that we all know where each other are, because yes. like, yes, I grew yeah. up playing soccer, and like one thing with soccer, like you may be the best player on the team, but if your other players aren't as strong, you know that's that's where you're, that's where the bar is at. You may be up here, but if you other players here, that's where you're at. So um, I think, and with that, it's really different for everyone, but I think a lot of people, and this actually kind of got me into all this, but a lot of people they kind of understand their craft, they understand what they're interested in there's a lot of other parts of business that they don't know as much about. Right. And one thing that, you know, you always hear about with black businesses is customer service and, <laughs> and marketing. those are like the two things that people yeah. always kind of lack on if they do lack. So what I am doing is one, just trying to start to let people like kind of get into the head that these things are possible to kind of get to a point where you're no longer relying on your job. We could really start taking that side hustle and make more money from it. Right. And eventually flip it into something. Yeah. And then also my goal is to really create support systems because things like customer service, they're problems because people just don't fully understand it. Like, yeah, you know, it's good to greet people and all these things, but there's a lot of like other things that happen before you just be like, yeah, go greet people that have yeah. to be in place before you can really Succeed. So, my goal is really to one encourage people to push a little harder with the entrepreneurship, but also have people who, you know, they they're they're killing in their business, they're doing well, but kind of have them come to the table as well to help kind of create that support system. So that's a little in the works now, but the main goal is just to give people options. Like that's my whole goal with everything: let people know that there's options. You could choose to explore natural hair. You could choose to explore entrepreneurship. You don't have to be just stuck to this one thing
0: right, right, and and you know what I appreciate that that's yeah, the support is, is huge I don't, I don't know whether you used it, but we you know the small business administration and stuff folks like that and because a lot of the information is free, and i don't and when I talk to other folks or other black folks that I know that are starting a business, I'm like, here's some free information over here,
2: mm. you know that
0: you. This is like, I, I talk about them all the time. The ones here in North Carolina, I got a counselor and I could call her anytime. And it cost me a thing in trying to figure out how to start my business, what I needed to do, the things to, to, to get the steps done. And, and that support, you know, I've been, you've been doing your businesses or in, in it for 2007. So, I mean, you, you are full of wisdom, man. Cause I told you when I first met you, I was like, man, this guy's smooth. He's got his podcast, you know, <laughs> I mean, you were just, you know, you were doing it really well. And, you an example of, okay, that's, that's what I need to do That's now. That's how I, that's how I should prepare for a podcast and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think what you're doing for black entrepreneurs is huge and having a space for all of us um, to have somewhere to be able to speak freely and, and you can see what everybody else is going through. So my hats off to you for that. Somebody has asked me to ask you, um, have you ever do you ever? Have you ever been profiled by law enforcement because of your locks, you think? Do you feel uh, like that has ever happened to you?
3: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Ooh, like um, he said that like, yeah. you was like, I mean,
0: you, you, were like you, you kidding me? You know I have. Yeah. Okay, well, go ahead. I'm just messing. Um,
3: <laughs> That's actually really interesting. I don't know why, but it just made me think of, um, have you seen the show Lovecraft Country?
0: I've heard of it, but I've not watched it. I
3: have, yeah. I have. I have. That and show he is, said
0: he, hes watched it.
1: That no, show was no.
3: amazing. It's weird, super weird. Everything you hear about it is, is that true. The one
1: that was on HBO.
3: Yeah, or, yeah. Did you show? see it? Is
1: that the one that came out too. Maybe
3: I'm. Um, sure. There's a show on HBO called Watchmen, which not the same thing, but you know that that's another one I'd recommend. And kind of These people
1: were one. like in a house. They moved to like California, and they were being harassed by their neighbors.
2: Oh, oh, you. Oh no, that's
1: another one. Which one that, is that,
2: that one? That's um, on. Waves. Know. That's them.
1: The, Damn. Yeah, I haven't seen that series. one. Uh, was it a series?
3: Yes. Yeah, Amazon, right?
1: Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Okay, so I've not seen Lovecraft Country. Okay. All right. I okay.
3: Did you Whatever. saw them?
1: Yeah, I saw them. I had I had to turn it off. Um I have a low tolerance for stuff like that. Like when I went to go see that Jordan Peele movie, was it us? Yes, I, I saw there.
0: that one. Yeah. We saw like that together. It. Yeah, that's the one you didn't come with me. You, you, you oh, I'm sorry. Come. I
1: stood her up because I took a nap. I'm sorry, but when I saw <laughs> you, we, I went out to like dinner afterwards, and every single white person I saw I was like, I <laughs> know so I know better. Like if I watch too much of that stuff, especially when it's like. Kind of has like a sci-fi feel to it, but you also know that it's possible. I my anxiety can't take it. Mm-mm. I
3: feel
2: that. I really what do you want to say about Lovecraft Country though specifically.
1: Sorry.
3: Yeah, so Lovecraft Country. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't like spoilers, but basically this... you go you go ahead
0: because well I forgot. to watch
3: but... it. Yeah, no, there's this lady. Ahead,
0: no, no, go ahead. Do what you gotta do. I'll...
3: All right, well, there's this lady support, who. Um... So it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> a lady who got this basically potion that allowed her to experience being a white lady for a day oh and there was this experience she had you know at first she was confused because she didn't realize what was happening so she was kind of stumbling around this is like back in like the 50s or 70s or something like that and she was kind of stumbling around lost and confused and you know, so cops showed up and at first he started freaking. Out. I was like, "Oh man, I'm out here like being wild. Cops are gonna get me." But the cops were like, "Came up to her, are you okay, ma'am? Is this is this boy bothering you and all these things?" And they kind of gave her like that Chick Fil A level of customer service, helped her get back no, he home. Chick Fil A level, but oh,
0: go yeah. ahead. <laughs>
3: they pulled all the stops. You know, I thought they're gonna give her cucumber water too, but uh, they just, um, yeah, they really went kind of above and beyond. And I remember watching. I was like, "Oh, like that. That's what they do. That's that's kind of like the whole." protect and serve or serve and protect thing that God's supposed to do. Right. So um, yeah, that just popped in my head because like when you asked about if I had been racial profiled, like, I feel like it's like a, that's just a thing, you know, that's, that's what everyone gets, you know, it's like, Oh, you turned seven. Congratulations. You just got racially profiled. Like here's your badge or something. It's the thing that happens <laughs> with. finally arrived. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say, I'm very grateful. I've never had anything like horrible happened to me definitely blessed but you know plenty of times you know you just stopped might be pulled over or something the, the most wildest part was once i had this you know your first car isn't always a car you want but i was driving this minivan and i got pulled over and the cops was like oh yeah you know there's been reports of minivans like these being stolen i was like oh for real yeah <laughs> this,
0: oh this
3: this is a car that's being stolen everywhere okay no So um yeah it's just like these I don't even know how to describe them but it's it's just like this it's all unnecessary too it's like it's like you're not only wasting my time and kind of ruining my day you're kind of wasting your own time too I don't know why you're bothering me but um right yeah definitely been profiled have not been to jail or arrested or anything like that so cross my fingers knock on Knock on wood yeah yeah I know so do you have kids no no <laughs> Oh, wow. no not yet not no, yet no no um, and the reason
0: i was because i mean with, with you know being a black male with locks and kids and just kind of mm-hmm. wondering what kind of conversations you know if they were old enough to you know for you to have like, mm-hmm. talk or something like that especially how they you know how they show up or relatives or young you know young black yeah. male in your life as to how you help them navigate that if they've got locks and stuff you know, you how are you helping them navigate this world during this moment?
3: Oh, I just think the most important part is just to. Uh, that's a good question, actually, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. I was in this clubhouse room, and um, it, it was it was just some conversation about kind of health and wellness, and one of the speakers kind of stopped for a second because. Her son saw this uh, commercial for Black Lives Matter. and She was kind of nervous because she's like, oh, man, like it's time now. It's time. I got to really like explain all this stuff. Where do I start and everything like that? And it's, that's a really good one. I think for me, like the most important thing is just to let just kind of be real. Some things, you know, obviously don't have to be super graphic, but let people know that there's going to be people going to have a problem with you. It's not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. And that's the biggest part because a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, something wrong with me because I'm black, but yeah. there's nothing wrong with you. These are the things that might happen. And um, this is how you kind of prepare yourself. And that's why I really, really love what you're doing, because I feel that like you really help people with that preparation side, especially when it comes with uh, dealing with the police, because anything can go wrong. but And even if you do everything right, things can yeah. still go wrong, but at least you are as prepared as you can be yeah Um, so yeah Yeah. i think the most important part is just speaking to especially like young kids because anything could like just set off some ripple effect but just really just letting them know that they're they're great they're dope who they are is amazing people may find it strange but that's not a reflection on you that's a reflection on them that's their own insecurities kind of speaking out so yeah tough conversations to have but i think i think like Kids, they understand a lot more than we think they do.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of for me, and I pre- appreciate those kind words, is that the fact that the that kids today, huh, that's so old to say kids today. But anyway, kids today, <laughs> you know, that they're having to deal with this. You know, I, mm. I did a presentation several years ago and this. I think he might have been eight, might have been eight. And he was like, why are they just shooting black people you know and the first thing that that hit me i didn't say it out loud but the first thing I was like why is this eight-year-old having to deal with this
1: right.
0: <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean yeah he's eight years old and again if he was eight because he was a little thing i'm not sure if he was even eight and i was just uh it's just you know having that and then piled on top of that things that you're talking about you know how we show up you know, how he shows up at school, you know, or the teachers looking at him because he's got locks in his hair or, or you know, she's mm. dyed her hair. Or she's got, you know, colorful, you know, in a, you know, it's just it's just extra. And it is, you know, and so how hey, you you doing your work and, and trying to just help folks, you know, young folks, especially because I um, God I can't. It was a young woman when I wanted ones, and I think she was she taught swimming.
3: Yeah. One of your Coach Taj Amar. yeah, shout out to yeah. her. She actually has this uh, partnership with this kind of swim cap and everything, but she's doing some really dope stuff here in Atlanta. Yeah.
0: And I was thinking about when I saw, when I listened, I was listening to her, and the stereotypical is Black folks don't swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here she is on your podcast talking about she teaching swimming, you know, right. so she it's just so much that black people have to, you know, it's bad enough, you know, putting inside law enforcement, all this other stuff, stereo concepts or or perceptions of black folks that we've got to just, no, we can do that. Yeah. We could go hiking. Yeah. We, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot, you know, and it's just a lot and I'm, you know, Harmony, I'm just tired. I mean, and I don't want to say tired. I was going mean, to say just,
1: something real messed up. I was going to say, well, at least you're like almost done. Like you're on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
0: <laughs> you know what? And I will accept that from you. <laughs> but you're right. I'm like, but and, and the way I take that is at some point, I'm not going to do what I'm doing. At some point, you know, people like you guys, the, the, the three of you who are younger than I, Cause it's time to ha- it's time to pass the baton, you know, to Walter and and, and Harmony I mean, to to. Cause it's time for some of us old folks. It's time for us to sit down. It's to, it, it's a new day, you know. It, it's it's and we got to, but also we got to figure. I don't. Uh, I really hate to say I cannot remember the attorney general for Obama.
1: Who was I the attorney general or- for
0: Obama? What was his name?
1: I don't remember yesterday, so.
0: <sighs> OK, anyway, they did. a uh, And Walter, I don't know whether you looked at it, but Obama did a uh, webinar, a virtual town, and he was on it. His, um, somebody help me out here. Somebody Google the Attorney Harry General Donald Obama. What's his name? Eric.
2: Yeah. Eric what? Holder.
0: Holder. During the virtual thing, he was saying something to the effect. And I'm going to be paraphrasing it, basically talking about youth. He was saying there's, you know, this di- little bit of a discord among old folks and the young folks, millennials. Right. And basically he's saying we being me don't have to drive the car anymore.
1: Baby, yeah, y'all need to get out the driver's seat and we
0: right we need. And I'm, I'm OK with that because we're tired of driving. But the thing is, we need to be in the car because mm-hmm. we know where the bumps are. Well, now
1: my Huh? I think you do need to be in the car, but there was this tweet that I saw the other day that was like, it's amazing that majority of the people that are running our country are above 70 and are also the ones that are not impacted by it. Like, that's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying, what he was trying to say is as far as black, you know, we we need to be in a car to be at least be able to say, I know where the bumps are. Because I have been working because of the the John Lewis's and the Martin Luther King's, I was able to get inside this system that you're now trying to figure out how to fix. So I've been in the system so I know how it runs and I can tell you I can give you some guidance as you're driving along to make the change. And we got We got to do it together and at least respect the wisdom of the elders who've been out here doing this stuff, but are tired of driving. We just need you at least to have us at the table to be able to say, you know what, you can do this with the popo. You can go in the building and tell your police chief, "I expect this kind of training for my officers. I expect you to really try to hire more, you know, however, whatever that looks like for your community. You can do that. I know that as somebody who's been in the system. So we're always all, all basically, we're just saying you guys need to drive, but we also need to be in, we can be in the back seat, but every now and then we need to go. You might not want to do that, or either do it this way. I don't know whether that makes sense. And I, I just I was like, yeah, that's because I, I need to go sit down." Will all of us at some point sit down and pass the baton? Cause it's just a lot of work, Walter. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, the work that you're doing and and giving platform and voices to black entrepreneurs is in, in, in this moment right now, I think it's exciting. It I is. think it's exciting for black entrepreneurs right now because everybody, everybody wants to buy black right now. I mean, I don't know. I'm just on the outside <laughs> looking in. It's like somebody black selling something. I mean, we had a black, the, I don't know whether you guys saw, they had a black farmer's market harmony and it was wrapped around the corner. And most of the people in line were white folks. <laughs> and it's like, we, you know, it's, it's, it's our moment and we need to take advantage of that.
3: Yes. Um,
1: shadow ban on Instagram for black businesses.
3: Wow, they they keep shadow banning. It's like, you know and like he, I
1: kinda thought it was like BS, but somebody actually like showed it on their like Instagram like how it was blocking them, so like showing you how to take it off. But they were basically mm-hmm. telling like black entrepreneurs or black small businesses that they needed to not identify themselves as black businesses because Instagram was basically like Wow, I hadn't heard not that. taking off their content but was not promoting their content at the same rate that they were like white had you
0: heard that, Walter?
3: Not that directly, but I've I've seen examples of that. So yeah, that's interesting, Harmony. I, mean, I didn't realize it was like that deep, but um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, it's like the uh, yeah, all, all these people like do a lot of performing. The people lining up at the farmers market, perform. <laughs> Instagram performs, Twitter performs, Facebook does. Yeah. all out here. Like it's interesting too, because like Facebook, Instagram, they have their little Black Lives Matter section. Well, they'll definitely highlight a few people. I think people Sorry. who already got things going for them, but then sure. I guess people like the who you were talking about, harmony, who like they, they're still trying to come up and everything. They're just like, ah, eh, you'll need to be here, or no, nah, it's not appropriate. Market as sensitive com- content, even though it's just some people smiling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. these like these apps do a lot to. Um, uh, they just do a lot, to, you know, keep people down.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, uh, it was. I saw something on. I think it was a comment. Shortly after the uh, holiday, Juneteenth mm-hmm. was officially about a holiday. So I saw someone was like, "Now don't y'all go out to Walmart, buy uh, Juneteenth T-shirts. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, find a black entrepreneur selling Juneteenth T-shirts because they, you, they've just made a holiday and folks are going to make money off of that. And then they're going to be folks that don't look like you and me. Mm-hmm. Right it looked like and i was like god that is so, that was so profound that that person said that because that is so true they've just created a holiday to sell us our stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got to figure out how how to you know go to and and patronize black entrepreneurs yeah you know, support it's
3: interesting people. i have like a I feel like I sound pessimistic maybe on this show, but I do have like an optimistic mindset. And like, I just all of a sudden started thinking like, okay, it actually does present an interesting opportunity. Not that I'm applauding Instagram or anything like that. Actually, it's not like they provided it, but I think, um, one thing that people get wrong with businesses is just relying too much on the, I'm a black business type of thing. So I think it really, it puts you in a position where you gotta be creative Mm-hmm. like even with like instagram and all these other things like instagram is just really one platform so popular one but that's just one right. way to get your stuff out there so it just right. prevents some like opportunities to get creative and go about things differently right. yeah i
1: hope that there are some black creators that i don't know maybe create a different type of platform for people of color not to say that like other types of people can't be on there but mm-hmm. i don't know i'm really excited with the the amount of young people that are coming up with like coding knowledge not like when i used to code on my myspace for like my top eight and put like a song and like (laughs) emojis but like people that can actually create apps i i'm not you know tech savvy but i'd be really interested to see what what people could create for for black people that just want to be black without having to worry about a fucking shadow ban i don't
2: know yeah there's an app now for um black like small black owners i think it's called miriam um it's like m-i-i-r-y-a um but it's like a basically it's like a what is it it's like an amazon imagine amazon but solely black entrepreneurs and black um businesses oh nice you say miriam it's like m i think it's called miriam it's like m-i-i-r-y-a I, okay. Okay, I have to look that up have y'all
3: uh heard of fan base mm. yes i have yes yeah, so that one's um it's like I don't think the founder would describe it this way, but it's kind of like Instagram and clubhouse combined, you know, it's like definitely resembles Instagram, but then has the like very big on like the audio chat feature as well. But that's started by Isaac Hayes, his, um grandson. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's based in Atlanta. I, f- I forgot you're on in Atlanta, but <laughs> it's based out of Atlanta. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but no, I feel you. Definitely feel you. It's interesting. Like I think there's a lot more emphasis on like STEM and people coding there's this lady, I think her name is Tara Reed, and it's her whole business she's a black woman with locks, actually, really high up and everything. But she has this, um, her whole business is helping people learn to code,
0: mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's right.
3: with apps and all of these things. So, yeah, I think that's about to be part of the trend, really. Is no longer kind of relying on these, and plus, like. Social media, like these apps, are still new as well. So, like in a few years, there's definitely going to be more and more players in the game, anyway. Right. So, right. people who can't get in there, get you know, get in get there in, right. it's going to be a cool playing field later. Right. For cool.
0: sure. Yeah. So, Walter, what what kind of words of wisdom can you give to you know some of my listeners who may be thinking about starting their own business or showing up authentically where they work? So, I mean, I'd like for you to kind of leave us with. You know, the Walt wisdom for entrepreneurs and just showing up authentically uh, mm. as they move through whatever spaces they're going to move through.
3: Yeah. Um, so I'm actually, that's a good question. I I'm, I'm, I started to really kind of pivot what I'm doing. It's still kind of the same thing, but this whole new kind of emphasis and emphasis mm-hmm. is going to be on growth. Um, in fact, the show is still going to be called Boss Locks, but the tagline is now the story of new growth. And Oh, wow. Yeah. New growth is kind of inspired by, you know, the natural hair journey. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, yeah. you know, like the. Looks, I like, like it, man. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So um, like it's really it. just all about embracing that the the quote unquote ugly and embarrassing phases that come with growth and everything like that. Mm. Like for I, I don't know if anyone watching you may not understand, but like, you know, black hair grows out like I have locks. so It doesn't just grow into locks. It grows like. You know, regular hair, right? Now. Not that bad right now. So you can't see it, but you know, usually it's a little fuzzy and things like that. And for a right. lot of people, they usually rush to kind of hide it, cover it up until it's like picture perfect, Instagram worthy. But really pushing people <laughs> to start embracing everything, not really just re- call into the ugly phase, but really just be like, yo, this is new growth. This that is the signs of it growing. Right. The same with entrepreneurship. Like a lot of things start ugly. People fail. I have started a business in 2016 and that definitely did not go well. So like (laughs) people fail all the time, but they get so hung up on these like failure moments, but really just like some beautiful moments to learn and just go harder at it again. So um, I think I would just say, embrace it all, embrace the ugliness, just go ahead and start it, do it. Cause you, you really never know what just consistency, what applying pressure all yes. stuff will do. Like, the yes. whole world could change. Yeah. Like, a matter of time, so.
0: Wow, I love that. I mean, it's, uh, uh, growth is not pretty. Uh, and uh, not all the time. And it really is. What is the other thing that people say, too? It's not really about, um how you got knocked down is how you get up and keep it moving. Exactly. You know, so uh, just keep it moving. So I I appreciate that, but yeah, I I like that the growth part of your business. I think yeah, you you absolutely right because people don't realize it. it. And you doing the work that you do as far as uh, yeah, because doing a business or doing what the work that you've been doing is not easy, and some days it's not pretty. But you got to keep it moving. If it's an definitely issue, not pretty. Yeah. But if it's in your, in, if that's in your spirit and that's what your journey is supposed to be about then and stay in focus. So thank you very much for that. So thanks for for joining us, Walter. I really appreciate it. Andrew, do you have anything to say? Anything you want to say to Walter before we sign out?
2: I'm trying to think um, some of the points that I think that I stuck that stick out to me and that related to something that I've um, heard of in the past. I'm about like the things that you mentioned about showing up authentically, I think is very, um powerful especially for people who my, like are my generation i think like i mentioned to you earlier about how the conversation about showing up with natural hair in various spaces that you have is can be um a deterrent um for like parts of our identity just in general um and i think that i think i think who said it was shirley chisholm but basically she said there's there's like not a c at the table then you bring a folding chair um and i think that like that that so those two points points—the her point and then also what you what you're doing and the work that you're doing um those two connect in my head so i really appreciate the thing that you're doing and i really enjoy the conversation
1: mm. harmony that. you got anything um i mean i when i think about authenticity because um, i think about that a lot and like how i can be more authentic in my daily life i think about the willingness to just be curious I think a lot of times we find ourselves in these situations of things that we were supposed to like, whether that was like a sport that we got into when we were super little or a hobby that we picked up that we liked at one point. And I think that what prevents people in a lot of ways from showing up authentically is that they stop being curious about who they are. Um, Something that I've been saying to myself for this last year is that like every day I'm becoming more myself and I'm curious in getting to know what it is that i need to to show up authentically or what it is that i need to be seen or to feel heard um and so i just hope that you know everybody can i don't know just be a little bit more curious about about themselves and and, and be okay with knowing that we're ever changing and evolving and we don't ever have to be this one finite person um or, or thing or profession um, that you always have the the ability to to evolve, and who you were yesterday doesn't mean that that's who you'll be, you know, tomorrow or even the next day. Yeah, that's thank so you true. for that.
0: And one one more thing, Walter, well, say it again. You're getting ready to take add. What are you going to add on to Boss Locks? Is what? What's the, the growth? story
3: of new growth? The
0: story yeah. of new growth. Like, I love it.
3: It's love it. um, yeah. I'm really I'm really excited about what's next. Like the stories, like like I mentioned before, I haven't really done anything with podcasting since like. May or April, but right. there's like a like like twenty, I think, different interviews I've had with people, and like just hearing their stories and kind of the things they've been through and the things yeah. they're doing now is like really amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to kind of get all of these out there. It's um, some really interesting stuff. Like I got to speak with this lady who's like leading this whole peaceful nuclear movement in South Africa. Like that's oh, what she does wow. for a living. Wow, it's, it's really a lot of interesting people out there so that's another thing besides like hair and everything like that yeah like we're really out here doing some dope things all around the world <laughs> exactly. all around the world yeah awesome
0: yeah, yeah we'll make sure that that you know obviously we'll you know stay connected and everything and we'll make sure that we we help push your stuff out there when you you make that yeah. is that like official or are you not is it official yet or you've started it yet
3: started what the your piece
0: yeah the the growth piece of your boss locks entrepreneur your podcast
3: it's uh y'all y'all are like the first to hear it i guess yeah
0: okay so the first to hear
3: world premiere 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 um,
0: <laughs> I love yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll make sure we uh that we have the links that we did whatever we need to, to have so when we do this podcast we'll have so people can connect yeah. okay and
3: we're gonna actually i would love to have all three of y'all back on for like um i don't know if we, yeah we didn't talk about it but the holding cops accountable uh-huh. part two well definitely okay. got to have a part two the part one was amazing and would actually really really love to have you andrew you harmony on there as well just to kind of lend your voices because like i really love like the whole dynamic of this show like like actually listen to and everything so i love what y'all are doing and love to kind of continue this too so definitely gonna work together some more Thank, thank
0: you. you, Walter. That means a lot. So we're going to go ahead and thank Walter. We'll have the links uh, for him so you can uh, check out his podcast and everything. Uh, the one that we have the link for his episode 30. Of, um, I see colored for me. It kind of gives you a really good idea of who he is and what he's about, uh, but we'll have the link so you can listen in on his podcast. So thank you, Walter. Walt, thank you. Gainer number two. I appreciate it. Uh, As always, thank everyone for those of you that listen to me often and those of you that may have listened to us for the first time. Uh, Thank you for the support. And as always, stay safe, stay well, peace.